This podcast is brought to you by the Spare Time Legends Podcast Network. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Get Geeked. Brought to you by GeekFest and Sin City Comics. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a special edition of Get Geeked. I got a listener email the other day that said, why do you call every episode special? I've told you all before, it's because it is special, because the stars align, the internet works, the mic works, the power works, the laptop works. It's a special occasion whenever we get one of these episodes out. Plus, my two megabyte internet connection takes like a week to upload them, so it's always special. Anyway, I've already been sidetracked. Welcome to a special edition of Get Geeked. It is the wrap-up for Geeked Fest, which was an unbelievable weekend. You have to make sure that you come to Geeked Fest 2016. Just make sure that you're there. I don't want to hear any excuses because ultimately, yes, it makes me sad that my some of my friends weren't there, but you guys missed out, and that's why I'm sad. I'm sad for yourselves. I got to have a great time, host some panels, host some Q&As, and as you heard on the previous episode, got to make a new friend in the podcast world as well. Please welcome from the Gallifrey Stands podcast, Dr. Squee. Welcome, sir. Hello, and you can hear snoring in the background, my co-host from Gallifrey Stands, my dog, Dottie Who. Absolutely, and welcome to Dottie as well. It's a pleasure to have you both here on the show. Uh, and um, in, just in case you know you haven't done this in the right order, it's okay. We're not going to yell at you. Nobody's going to call you dumb or anything. You know, it is the third one, though. But you're going to go all the way back to episode 69, dudes, of Gallifrey Stands podcast. No, 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 no. And then you're going to download that one first, and then you're going to hit up the other Get Geeked, and then you're going to get this one. So it's going to be Geeked Fest Part 1, 2, and 3. That's so you can get all... So this is kind of Part 3 of 2. That's right. This is Part 3 of 2, which is, you know, I like confusing titles for podcasts, so there we are. Uh, This is the Back to the Future 3 of the trilogy, shall we say. Um... We sat down uh, with some great guests at Geek Fest. Um, In the other episodes, you've heard many things from... um you know, from John Levine, uh, from John Chalice, from Virginia Hay, uh, you know, brief little chats, conversations, clips. Uh, but we actually sat down and did a full on TV and film panel with uh, John, um, John Chalice from Only Fools and Horses, John Altman from EastEnders and Virginia Hay from Farscape, just to name a few of their projects. We sat down. We had a more open conversation Q&A, uh, which was great. Recorded by yourself, Doctor. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. And uh, that's that's why we're here, so you can hear that one. So check back for the other episodes to hear great talks, great chats. Uh, make sure you check out Gallifrey Stan's podcast as well, because uh, you were able to go through the crowd as well and get some actually like man-on-the-street type things as well. Yeah, I always like to do that as part of the events. I'm only sorry, uh, as I said in, in the first part of this chat, that uh, I didn't get more with some of the cosplayers, but uh, there's always next year, and, and everyone there was great. Absolutely. So uh, we'll stop now and uh, we'll take a listen to the uh, film and TV Q&A. I would say co-hosted by myself and the lovely Virginia Hay. Um, And I mean that in a nice way. That's not a dig or a shot at all. I thought it was great that she was able to run the conversation because let's be honest, nobody was there to listen to the chubby, hairy Canadian. So there we are. Uh, Let's take a listen. Get geeked with our film and TV panel special guests, John Chalice, John Altman, Virginia Hay. Let's have a listen.
everybody. Virginia is just with a, a fan at the moment. She'll be a few minutes and she's going to join us. But film and TV is the subject. The guys will be friendly enough to come up and sit down with us for a few minutes and you can ask them any questions. Tell them a story about your favorite episodes. You've seen them in anything like that, all right? So, uh, Mr. John Altman first right here. Come on up, sir. You know him from many things, I'm sure. EastEnders, not the, not, not the least. Thank you, sir. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, all, and secondly, a man that I genuinely grew up watching. And only I watched it with my parents, my grandparents. Always adored the show. It's, it's great for me to have you here. Mr. John Chalice as well. Please join us. Thank you. I sit here and listen to John Altman. <laughs> I'd like to, of course. <laughs> more interesting. <laughs> and as I said, right. if we have just a few minutes in Virginia, we'll join us as well. All right, guys? But again, it's thank you both so much for being here and coming to Keat Fest. A new con taking a chance on us. <laughs> new okay. and fresh out of the gate. So we really appreciate it. Uh, obviously, guys, anything you want to talk about, ask them. Feel free. Um, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's open. It's Q&A. Anything you want. Any questions to get started today? Why are you wearing those red socks? Good question, isn't it? <laughs> it's the only pair I had left. <laughs> well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get started then. So maybe just briefly cover, uh, talk about your, your cons and your, your events. I'm sure you guys do loads of these things all the time. That's probably the question you always get at them as well. But uh, maybe your, your first experience with them. When did you start? Have you been doing these a long time now with, with this sort of thing? Uh, yes, yeah, so personally, uh, I suppose I've been doing them for a couple of years now um, and uh, it was something I'd never been to myself so I was right. a, bit, a bit trepidatious about it and uh, and of course what it's to do with particularly with uh, sci-fi or something like that um, I've got a vague connection with it because mm -hmm. I did a Doctor Who a hundred years ago it seems with uh, <laughs> Tom Baker in 1976 mm. just come out on DVD and there's a big resurgence of interest but I didn't feel I sort of quite belonged because Really, uh, uh, my place has been around situation comedy for quite a long time, but there seems to be quite a quite a crossover between the two. Yeah. Um, and I do all sorts of things, not only these, which is great fun. We meet uh, <coughs> meet up with people like John, who uh, I didn't know very well before uh, we started doing these. And uh, but it's but that's a plus because you meet uh, meet a lot of people that you've not only worked with but sort of uh, admired and respected over the years. So that's good. Um, but also, it's a it's a great chance to meet the people who put you where you are, because you know we're sitting out there and we're only sitting out there because of the shows we've done, because people have actually turned their tellies on and uh, and liked it and supported us. So it's great to to pay a bit of that back, and uh, so so that's that's what I like about it. And I guess I do maybe one a month or something. Yeah. And a lot of lot, I was talking to Colin Baker, who's of course a famous Doctor Who, who. Uh, told me that I think last year we did about um, 50 or 45 or so. I didn't mm. know that there were that many. Yeah. Mm. But of course he's doing a lot in America and Australia too. And uh, you think, well, that'd be nice to have an international trip as well. Absolutely. I've not done that before. No. Well, ladies and gentlemen, last but of course not least, the wonderful Virginia Hay is here with us as well. Hi, Virginia. It's all right. You're entitled to be. Beautiful ladies are entitled to be, aren't they? Oh, thank yeah. you. Can I put that there? <coughs> Can you step up. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, hand up. Thank you. Thank you, thank thank you. So much. Hello, darling. Thank Hello. you. Hello. Hello. So sorry. No, no, no trouble. Oh, yes. Thank you. Please excuse me for being late. I was chatting to some lovely people downstairs. I think ladies are always late, aren't they? Very? And, and fashionably late. So sorry. 
as John said, always entitled to be as well. Yes, that's the bit I left out. Yes, yes. Um, we, we'd only just really gotten started. We were just talking about oh, first con experiences and things like that. And uh, uh, you know, John was mentioning that he's he's fairly new to it, but he's enjoying doing it as well. And you and I spoke on the podcast a little while ago. That was you. Yes, it was indeed. Oh, yes. I didn't know it's that. been such a busy runaround that I didn't have two minutes to. I've seen you um, over the, the yes. weekend, but I didn't know that was you. Yes, that's right. I was the annoying one with the megaphone. <laughs> just trying to rile the crowd up, really, and get people to, to follow each other around and that sort of thing. So, But yeah, it was a pleasure doing the podcast with you. Thank yeah, you so you much too. for that. It was a good time. And uh, that was what we were speaking about, really. It was just first con experiences, how you got into it. I know you've said you always loved doing it. Yeah. Um, well, do you remember what the first one was or what the first Have the gentleman been talking about it already? Uh, John's gone, and then we'll go with you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, My OCD makes me go left to right, otherwise oh, I'll does get it? confused later. Oh. So no disrespect, <laughs> so of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first con experience was frightening for me because that movie had just come out. Oh, what's it called? Uh, uh, the one with Tim Allen, set at a convention center. Galaxy Quest. Galaxy yeah. Quest. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you very Jack. much. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> Jack, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Galaxy Quest had just come out. We were in Australia uh, shooting uh, Farscape which was a uh, Jim Henson Company production and was huge. Had a massive, massive American fan following. Number one on the Sci-Fi Channel. So you can imagine, uh, first convention, we had no idea what was about to happen to us. And so we just seen Galaxy Quest. We thought, oh no, <laughs> is that what it's going to be like? And have you seen Galaxy, Galaxy Quest? No. Have you seen no, it? No, no, I haven't. Yes. Who's seen it in the audience? Yeah, nuts, everybody. right? Everybody. And some cons are like that, aren't they, guys? Yeah. <laughs> some cons are. So like that. we were terrified. Obviously, we didn't think that there would be aliens coming down from outer space, but we just we thought that um, a lot of the fans must be rabid lunatics because in Australia, everyone and it's not the case, obviously. Every everyone is very down to earth. We're very basic, normal, friendly. We'll slap you on the back, guy, mate. And um, we're not. We always say, "Can I say something a little bit inappropriate?" Well, yes. worse than John Levine yesterday, so please carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Should have heard his Q&A. In Australia, uh, we, we have a silly expression, we're not up our own bottoms. Does that make any sense? Yeah, perfect sense, I think. And it's a disgusting thing to say, but it means that we're not snotty, snooty, or in love with ourselves. It's a weird expression, isn't it? Anyway, so to wind it up so I'm not talking forever and ever and ever. Uh, so we were very basic people, we were terrified that the fans, we didn't have, had no idea, we were terrified that they were going to stalk us or hurt us or something. And we went over uh, to the States and um, appeared on stage and they were the sweetest, most wonderful, loving, heavenly, gorgeous friends. We, as a cast, absolutely, utterly fell in love with the sci-fi community and uh, it hasn't stopped since then, the sci-fi and popular culture community and we're lucky I think to to, to have all of these yeah. friends come yeah. and visit us. No, we were just talking about the, the, the sci-fi thing and uh, of course I'm mainly known for situation comedy so, yes. so I feel a bit of a fraud. No, well like I, I shouldn't just say sci-fi, I should about say culture. It is popular about culture. culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah, popular culture. Yeah. I think as somebody who attends them it means the world to us. Yeah. When you guys take time out of your lives to come here and do this, oh, I mean, we love it. It means so much to people to be able to take a selfie with you. Or to do you? How do you feel about? Do you love it too? Is it a great yeah. experience for you? As well? Yeah, yeah, yeah? yeah. What was your first experience like? Oh, it was good. Yeah, I, was, it was, I think it was Earl's Court. Oh, was it? Oh, no, well, it was Olympia. Oh, Did was you get chased by all the girls? 
Uh, <laughs> yes, in other words, yes. Of wonder, yes, yes, it says a lot. Yeah. But have you done many of them as well then, John? A bit like John, I've yeah. just done a few over the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I didn't realise, I'm, I'm getting to know how, how, how many there are, how popular it yeah. is. Yeah, I think it's amazing, it's fantastic. I didn't know it was, I didn't know it was going on. Yeah. I don't, I'm not really sure, you might know, Jenny, how, how it, it, it's called Comic Con, isn't it, originally? Mm. If it was actually just basically people got together, swapped their comics, sold their comics, maybe at the yeah. old Doctor yeah. Who would turn up, but it's mm, just yeah. kind of built, yeah. hasn't well, it? Well, it wasn't you know, called Comic Con cosplay first. and you've yeah. got people coming here, you've got Jack yeah. here today. And no, you know, so it's like, you yeah. know, and that's it just sort of got bigger yeah. and bigger, yeah? I think it's well, you're right. Mm. Yeah, no, John's absolutely right. You're right, John, because mm. in the beginning it was, uh, as Quite far as small. I know, they were small little clubs, mm. comic yeah. clubs. Yeah. And then they were called conventions, and it's mm. just recent, recent years they're called Comic-Cons. Right. Yeah. I've gone to conventions when they're just in the basement of a church, and it's just mm. six tables of yeah. comics. Yeah. yeah. That's how they started. But I think the first convention convention was a Star Trek convention, yeah. was the first one that became big yeah. enough to be called a con. And then it continued on. I've got a stack of comics. I'm trying, I've been having a big. Um, I'm, I'm doing an autobiography, so I'm, I've been having a big clear out at home, going through all these boxes I haven't opened for years, you know. And uh, I've, I've got a huge collection of Eagle comics, actually, mm -hmm. and a comic called Ranger as well. There's a great sci fi story in there uh, called uh, The Trigon Empire. Has anybody ever heard, ever heard of that? Yeah, it's a really good story. It's all about a spaceship that landed in a, in a Florida swamp, and they find this, um, like, uh, like a videotape in there about the tr about this the planet that it came from. Yeah. And it's a bit like Star Wars, actually, isn't it? And it was it was actually drawn up before Star Wars mm -hmm. came out. So I've still got all those old comics, and the Dan Dare illustrations are fantastic in, in, in the old Eagles. And they've all come true, mostly, haven't they? Yeah, a lot of it. I used to get the Eagles yeah. about the only comic yeah. I ever got. Yeah, the only thing is there isn't a space station in the middle of London. I'm quite disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> space Station <laughs> London, be. But 1995. There is a one with all those. That's how they predicted it in 1955. We think there might be a secret one. <laughs> well, some of those two stations yeah. could be space bases. Could yeah, we never know. Yeah, cross space. That would be an act of war, wouldn't it? So you're writing a book. Have you got a title for it yet? Not yet, no. Work the working title was in the nick of time because of the character I'm known for oh on TV. Yeah, but but so I don't know if the publishers like that. It it's going out next spring for e Easter and then the, then the summer holidays. This is, this is what I had. You could, do I'll, you put the name of the do you put the name of the character on the book because mm. it's going to it's attract clever. people to it? You yeah, know? yeah. Well, that's that's what I did. I, I didn't want to originally. No, yeah, I'm, I'm slightly. Yeah, that's not that's like a working title. Yeah. Is this my, your first book, you guys? My first title was. Me, me, me. It's about me and me. How many books do you have, John? Uh, four at the moment. You've got four? Yeah. Hey. When was the first one written? Uh, about four years ago. Four years ago? Yeah. So you've yeah. been churning them out? Yeah. Well, no, two, two parts of the autobiography. Right. It's oh, I see. Right, right, right. The only reason it's in two parts is because I never finished it. Uh, yeah. So I was supposed to finish it. It was supposed to be one book, but it finished mm. up as two. And I've written two novels, which is sort of semi autobiographical oh, as well. Yeah. But, uh, it's uh, bloody hard work, isn't it? No <laughs> hard work. Have you written a book before? No, person? but I keep a journal. I kept a journal. So oh, I'd like to get my hands on that journal. Yeah, Wouldn't you, you like to yeah. see that? Yeah. <laughs> Lots of diaries over the years. I mean, it was sporadic up until about 1984. Yeah. And I did it as a kind of therapy. I'd recommend it to anybody, actually. To, I was to just write it say, down. You can talk to, yeah, yeah. Talk to yeah. other people until you're blue in the face. But to actually yeah. write it down actually does relieve yeah. you if you've got a worry or a problem just putting it down mm -hmm. yeah. somehow i don't know how or why it just sort of it releases it they from you it's like offloading it you know? yeah, yeah yeah in fact yeah. um my mother used to always say 
if you're really angry about something, write it down first mm. and then uh, leave it overnight and then pick, up, pick it up the next day and you'll find yeah. that you'll read it and go, oh my mm. God, did I really feel that yesterday? Oh. <laughs> and then, it, then you can rip the thing up and throw it yeah. away and it seems to, like John said, mm. just sort of purges you. So would you recommend that, both of you, would you recommend that if someone wanted to write a book, and we often have um, budding authors in the audience, if someone wanted to write a book, would you recommend that they keep a diary as a, an idea of... Keep, you know, idea of storylines and so forth. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I would. I, I never did it um, because I never thought I was going to write that autobiography. But I, I found uh, some of them not a terribly good memory. <coughs> I mean, I can learn words and so on, but people's names, I can, I've never been able to remember for some reason. And uh, mm. Carol. And then, <laughs> uh, I, but I found I had instant, I could recall an awful lot, you know, yeah. just one. Incident, and I would spark off sort of memory of some mm. other person, mm. and so on. It was extraordinary. It became quite fascinating. That's why it took so long mm -hmm. to write. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I think John is absolutely right. It's it, it is a therapeutic thing, and I I faced up to a lot of things I hadn't even thought of mm. properly because mm. you know you tend to sweep things under the carpet. Mm. Mm. But you know things that were, you know a relationship with my parents, um, for instance, I never even thought about. It. I thought that's the way it was. Mm. And, uh, I thought, my but did God, you this happened, that happened, but it, but it was therapeutic. Did you sorry to interrupt you, but did you, sorry, I'm taking over. No, no, please, <laughs> you're not here to listen to me, I assure you. I absolutely <laughs> love to talk to my fellow guests, because it's really interesting for us as well as, I think, I hope for you, I hope for you as well. Did you find that, um, that the way you visualised your book over the years has changed? Like, if, say, 20 years ago, thinking about writing a book would be from a completely different angle mm. to right now, that now you'd be more retrospective about the truth of, of what was behind Oh, the certainly, yeah, yeah. Whereas 20 mm. years ago it would be just to entertain, or did you Yeah, yeah, that? yes, I do, because, you know, you reach a certain <coughs> stage in your life, and, you, and you're too late, almost, you, like, you start trying to find answers, you know, um, and, and, uh, and you should have done that earlier, and all that, but I... Uh, yeah, the book I've of regrets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I suppose so. Yes, I, I, but I wanted to write the true, a true story mm. about me, myself, the man behind the mask. Sort but of how thing. do you do essential. that? Where do you start? Well, imagine writing a book. How hard it would be. Mm. Like, from what angle? Well, I'm, I've always been, I've always been able to tell stories. You see, um, sort of a way of getting through school and. Uh, and we're actors. We do that for a living. Yeah, and I, but my first, mm. uh, my first part of school um, was that of a girl, for instance. You know, you don't sound all together surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, but I was because my voice hadn't broken, and uh, very pretty I looked too in a long dress and a long. Kenneth uh, <laughs> <laughs> Williams was. And my all-male boarding school, I suddenly found I had an awful lot of friends I didn't know I had. Uh. <laughs> that was an early lesson. Yeah. <laughs> but then. Uh, I graduated to playing older women. <laughs> well, <look at laughs> and then something terrible happened, and I started playing men, and that's when it all went wrong. But it's those things you think, why did, why was I comfortable on stage and not yeah. in the classroom? I yeah. always wanted to be somebody else. Why? You know, it's strange. I don't know if that was the case I think for you. A lot of us do. Why? Why do we do what we do? Very odd. Anyway, th that was one question I, I sort of tried to explore. Yeah, you I mentioned obviously writing being therapeutic, a yeah. way to vent. Maybe for yourself too, as a fellow podcaster, as myself as a podcaster, that's therapy for me. It's just, just turn on the mic, mm. hit record, and just speak. And yeah. It goes out to my yeah. 12 listeners in 12 countries across <laughs> the world, <laughs> but I can say anything I want. I can just vent and get things out. Mm. It's amazing that and what's happened, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, and it, it, that sort of thing. I can come home from the worst day, 
black air around me, just mm. turn on the mic, put on a little bit of a beat behind me, just speak to the microphone. Mm. Yeah. Surely you do it too. Yeah. Vent, and then, you know, it's great that you're able to do that sort of thing. Yeah. If you guys find that in writing or performing, finding that well, release is very Well, when we're performing, you're being yourself when you're venting, we're not, we, you know, when we're... True. People forget that we as actors are acting out the words from other... Uh, someone else's words. Yes, unless we're interpreting, we're, aren't we? We're, in interpreting we're interpreting. We're telling. Yes, we're bringing their, someone else's story to life. Yeah. We. It's nothing to do with us. We're just breathing life into someone else's words. Yeah. So, uh, it's a way of hiding more Sorry. than anything, you mm -hmm. know. But to purge is a whole other thing. You know, we can't yeah, purge yeah. through acting. We ha we can only purge through. How do we purge? Through mm. writing. Yeah. Yeah, I've always written stuff I down. I mean, yeah. from a very early age, I was always writing down, it might be a joke, it might be a story, it might be a character <coughs> that I'd met who I wanted to impersonate, you know, but all through school, I got bits of paper all over the place, and mm. and the, bio, the writing the biography was part of that, getting all these bits of paper together and trying to make some <coughs> form, because mm. it was chaotic, you know. And do you put, uh, do you both of you, question for both of you, do you put pieces of paper on, on a, on a board and go, okay, oh, this not is that the organized, structure. No, no. <laughs> no. So Where's that thing no. I, I wrote down ten minutes ago? Oh God, I can't find it. Because you, you know, know you see, is it something in movies? I've seen in movies when people are writing books. Of course, you know, do I mm. believe the movies? Probably. And that uh, you see a writer structuring it. Okay, this mm. is going to be the first chapter, second, third. Especially if it's not mm. so much autobiography, oh, yeah. but if, yeah, it's yeah. A, if it's a fantasy well, or yeah. I've read an overall from the year zero in my life up until the present day, like a, a kind of rough sweep of major events, if you like. Mm. The graph Sections, childhood, Sections. teenage years, blah, blah, yeah. off to yeah. India. I know they've yeah. done it for, for certain films. Um, Theatre jobs. Yeah. Back to the Future, they've always mentioned that mm. that's what they did. They made a board with the beginning of the film happens here. We know by the end of the film, Marty has to be able to play guitar, so we have to <laughs> establish at some point yeah. on the board and Back to the Future was done. And then like the that. studio comes in and yeah. says, where's the half-naked chick? And they go, well, well it's, not, it's not about... Then it goes to the alternate timeline. Exactly, <laughs> yes, the alternate timeline in that, <laughs> not to get super nerdy on everyone. Um, <laughs> Does anyone have... I just... Can I butt in? Please? please. Does anyone have questions for the Johns or myself? Captain Jack. Yes. Yeah, you better. The company of much better established actors, isn't it? <laughs> Other people you've worked with uh, quite a lot, for example, Nick. Nick, see, I've said Nick again. <laughs> 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 John, sorry. John, working with June and everyone else. Uh, Virginia, working with the guys from Farscape, and John, working with David Jason, Nicholas Linton, etc. Have you learned things from those people, and if so, what? Mm. Well, I suppose working with uh, with uh, David Jason and Nicholas Lindhurst. Uh, it's one of the great double acts of all time, I mm -hmm. think. Um, I suppose I would say that, but, I, but they are so different in their styles and their way of going about things. So they just perfectly complement each other, you know. Um, and with Nick, I think you you learn stillness. Uh, David is much more, I, I guess, the sort of sort of actor I suppose I am, which is quite busy, facially quite expressive, you know. But Nick has got this wonderful poker face. That's why they work so well together. Mm -hmm. I think the two. The two styles, and um, I, I just uh, the energy that David Jason had was just extraordinary, really. Um, and uh, and his his ability with uh, with props. If you watch him, if you watch his other shows too, he he tries to do as much as possible. 
<laughs> you probably show how clever he is. You know, mm-hmm. eat a four-course meal while doing a long speech. A dialogue, you know. But he's absolutely brilliant at mm-hmm. that. But uh, I, th- I think really, they, it seems so easy that sort of comedy. You've got a, you've got a very good writer in John Sullivan. And, uh, you've got a lot of very good jokes, but you've still got to be able to present it properly. And I think that was the great lesson. So much care was taken over it to to actually produce it in the, in the very best way we could. You know. um, so yeah. I think it's that. I'm a bit slapdash by nature, really. And uh, I think I think the main lesson was that the, the, the attention to detail is quite important. You go, John. Yeah, I just um, think about you know, what you've gathered from people you work with. I've gathered things from many experienced actors. When I was very young, the first film I ever did was the first great train robbery with uh, Donald Sutherland. and. Uh, it was so lovely because he came to the makeup. He didn't have to. He came to me and this other guy who we were playing a pickpocket on the streets of London back in the Victorian era. And he took us out to the set before they set the camera up and everything. He said, right, let's work this out, guys, what we're going to do. I think if I come round there, we had to dip him. No, no, I think he dipped somebody and then we, it was like a chain of me, of the other guy taking it and then me doffing my cap and then the money went into the hat and I put the hat on and walked <laughs> on down the street. So he worked out, there's a bit of choreography really, John, oh, you know, like, like yeah. you're talking about David and all his, yeah, his, yeah. his sort of tricks and movement in comedy. And uh, so it was quite slick. So we, we, we did this before, um, I was a bit, ner- a bit nervous, obviously my first big film, there's Donald Sutherland, somebody I'd admired in Don't Look Now and many other films, one of my favourite actors actually. And he was such a lovely guy and uh, yeah. he, uh, he, he took the time out to do that, you mm. know. And um, therefore once we got on set and everything, it was a fantastic set. It was the Strand back in the Victorian times, and they built this mm. long street and out on the back lot of Pinewood. Mm. Those little old shops and horses and carts and mm. loads of extras. It looked looked amazing, and um, yeah, so that that was a lovely beginning. And then over the years, I mean, I've just you know, cut fast forward to working with someone like June Brown, who'd been in the business a lot longer than I had, and uh, she she's just over the years, a bit like like Donald, she and I she would make try to make sure because of the speed at which you shoot EastEnders which is incredibly fast, um, compared to, say, making a feature, or maybe, I think, even faster than, than Only Fools and Horses, mm. you know, you do, I mean, you're knocking out, do how many scenes you do, to do, a, do a day, John, how many, roughly, on Only Fools? Oh, I don't know, uh, what location? Why, in studio? Stu- yeah. Studio, we do, oh, I don't know, seven, maybe, mm, yeah. seven, something like that. Yeah. But we so take, take about, well, a half-hour show, we take about a week to do yeah, it. Yeah. So the 50 minutes is about 10 days. A bit more time. Yeah. See, on EastEnders you've got two hours of drama every week. So with That's June, yeah. once again, she, you know, she would always try and take time with me. Well, we just t- together, we just try and find that extra hour in the dressing room to go over the script mm. so that when we got on set, we, we kind of more or less had it un- under our belts. Because no, we used to have rehearsals in a mocked up rehearsal room, but the BBC were doing cuts and they want to make more and more. Uh, there was no time, we couldn't do any rehearsals. So. You want it to be the best you can because it's put together so quickly. So, as with Donald, as with June, we spend um, that little bit of extra time before we go in front of the camera, which was really helpful. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm mainly television rather than film. Same thing, work, working really fast, and uh, usually you, you work on an hour show in four days. A feature film you have six months to a year for an hour and a half and in TV you have mm. approximately these days anyway with the, the, they move really quick. Mm-hmm. Same as EastEnders, you've got the four, well not as bad as you actually, but you have four four days to do an hour 
and the fifth day you're catching up on last week's little extras and this week's um, extras and other little bits that you might have left out um, over the last few weeks. But uh, as far as learning stuff from other actors, yeah, you're learning all the time and you're learning not even, no one ever stops and says, you should do it this way. However, <laughs> it's wonderful because you still get a punch in the face, <laughs> you know, probably. Uh, not from me, but... Um, but you, occasionally an actor does see you doing something and feeling frustrated and they say, do you know what, you might want to think about, you know, perhaps mm. as an idea, you know, trying. And I remember distinctly on Farscape, um, I, was, I was doing a little bit of business there and someone called my character from behind me and I turned around and, uh, and it was awkward because of the position I was in. I turned around to look at the person who was talking to me. And it was an awkward movement, and the director said, no, it's not quite working, not quite working. Remember Claudia Black came over and she said, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you might maybe want to think about it. She said, someone told me this just recently. If, if you're doing business up front and someone calls you from the back, just refer to them with your eyes. You know, like they're calling, Zan! You know, you don't even have to move your head. You, oh, you, know, you just, just, just move yeah, your yeah, eyes yeah, and, you're, yeah. and you could speak to them. Look, don't bother me now, you know, I'm busy. <laughs> You know, and move your head ever so slightly, but she, she said you could you can refer to them, whoever's behind you, just with your eyes. And I thought, oh my God, I would never have thought of that in a million years. Thank you so much for telling me. And other things like the opposite to you when you were talking about the busyness and there was that actor who loves to be busy and doing mm, so mm, many things. Mm. When you're, and you shoot really fast and you shoot super crazy fast and we shoot very fast, continuity is a bloody nightmare. And especially when you're busy, you've got a lot of stuff to do. And I remember giving myself so much because I thought it was really cool and I loved it and it helped me move into my character a little bit more, you know, to be busy, busy, busy. And it uh, helped me distract myself from, um, you know, thinking. I don't want to think because that's the worst thing you can do as an actor, think. So, uh, but then the continuity lady says, excuse me. You, cut, you picked up on that line, on that word, you picked up the glass and you moved your glasses and you flipped your head and then you put your hand on your hips and, you know, oh, oh for God's sake, did I? Up, yeah. And then on the third word, you moved back down, you bent down to pick something up and then you leant on, you know, and so I was giving myself so much to do that it was a continuity nightmare. And by the way, when you drink, your, you, your bottle was half full at the end, now the shoot, the shot that you just did was completely empty. You've got to match it with the, the next scene where you have the half full bottle. You've got to be very careful when you're drinking not to actually drink any, to, to leave the... All of this stuff. So one of the things I learned huge from watching the other actors was Ben Browder on Farscape who said to me, Hey, Verge, minimal. Just keep the business down. And it means that we can all go home early. <laughs> also, very, very often you're out of sequence too. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm sure John went through this. We went through the location filming, where you're you're doing sort of scene seven from episode six, followed by scene mm. eleven from episode four. How did I get here? What was that? And yeah. Continuity must be the most Nightmare. unpopular part of oh. everybody's life, you know. And they know it. And it takes a, partic a particular sort of person to be able to do it um, really well. Do you know what continuity is? <coughs> That's yeah. continuity that. Uh, yeah, with the She's half been talking about. And there are TV shows that specialise in continuity flubs, mm -hmm. where they say, 
look, especially with the glass. See this scene? At the end of this scene, the glass is this it full. The neck and the continuation of the scene suddenly it jumps up and it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. things like that. I think the but sitcom um, Friends is one of the worst ones for that. Is it? Yeah. You watch Friends <laughs> attentively <laughs> enough on a loop. Yeah. Be the bottle's here, now it's there, now oh, the really yeah. now it's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and the label. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. so Ben said to me, and because of that reason, yeah. and it slows everybody down, and people yeah. have to stay late. And it Does you know, it matter? Doesn't really does say if you're looking for that sort of thing, you're not listening to the right. dialogue or watching the. It does, but I it tend not to look for that sort of thing. Yeah, oh, no, it's like that's quite glaring for me to. Yeah. It's a completely different jacket or something. Yeah, 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 yeah but if you have a but control freak, maybe, mm -hmm. yeah, if you have a control freak continuity, man or woman, mm. you're, they're going to slow everything down because they they're the ones. They can be the most unpopular people. Yeah. Your hair was propped over there, and you've got to pull it back. If so there's no continuity so person, exactly. it doesn't matter. So um, another thing, uh, Mel Gibson, first film I ever did was, um, or first acting job I ever did was Mad Max 2, way back when. And Mel Gibson said to me, you are a bit chatty, aren't you? And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I haven't changed. <laughs> yes. And he said, uh, just a little tip, if I may. Yeah, sure. We're doing our first wave of interviews, and the tour the tourists, the journalists were coming to set. He said, when someone uh, asks you a question, he said, I, I, I'm only saying this because I, wanted, I want you to be really good and do well at this. And keep in mind that the interviewer might only have a little slot of a minute for you. And he wants to get as many questions as possible. So try and answer very briefly, which I proceeded to ignore. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it's something that I appreciated on our podcast together because you were able to give me great stories and full answers. It, it was less of me, which is what it should be. If, if it's my podcast, so be it. If I've got a guest on, they're not there to listen to me. So I certainly appreciated it because I, I think it was three or four questions that I asked you, but we had an hour-long chat, which was really enjoyable yeah, it was and great. Cool. I, I loved so it was it. really, really cool. Yeah. That's really good. Any other questions, guys? Go ahead, sir. You've all played characters where you've had prolonged breaks between playing those characters. Is it easy to pick up those characters after a long break? From my point of view, going back to the last time playing Nick, it was like kind of putting on this evil mantle, you know, it's like... That's an extreme example of it, but... Um, you feel yourself because I'm not like him at all. I just, I just feel myself physically taking that on again, and then with the script and everything like that. Um, yeah, so yeah, I had to kind of concentrate on it really. It takes a bit away a, from it. Takes a little while. Same, same with your, your yeah, character. You can, I mean, you can so do I, not like us. So you, yeah, you, you, you do have to do an approximation of it. I know, because, because people ask you to do it all the time. Yeah. In my case, the voice, the laugh, the whatever. So you do it, but it, it doesn't feel right somehow. And it's not until you get that script, mm. and then you start to grow during rehearsals, and uh, you remember, oh yes, that's the way he stands, that's the way he mm. delivers this, you know. So it takes it takes a while, but it, but it's right. I mean, it's it's like putting a putting a, an old coat on. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a bloody good question. In my it's case, he's got a velvet collar. That's a, that's yeah. a fellow podcaster as well. Yeah, so that's a bloody good question. Absolutely. Yeah, because I, I noticed that even in um, if you're in a series, you, you have a couple of months off every now and again, and even just having a couple of months, you've rested, re you've relaxed, you go back and you think, oh shit, who am I? We don't have rehearsals. So that's the thing, you don't have re any rehearsal you're so lucky but we mm. don't have any unfortunately there's no time for them you have to go snap into character immediately it always takes a while and um, especially if you're playing someone who's completely different from you 
and I'd have to beforehand you sort of it's exactly what both boys said you know you you just sort of kind of slip into it and you you put it on you almost wear it but then there's slight adjustments as John said that for the, for the first day you know there's adjustments you think oh god I've completely forgotten who my character is I'm moving my head and the way Virginia does, and not, or my moving my hands the way Virginia does. I've got to remember so many things to to, to remember, especially if it's really physical stuff, and you're very different. And the voice, um, too. And the voice. Mm. I'd find myself going, "Ah, oh, yeah," and I think, "No, no, 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 that's <laughs> not the." Uh, yeah, it takes like both gentlemen said. It it does take a little minute to get back into it, and you hope that no one notices you while you're adjusting. Did the makeup help with you? Because he obviously looks yeah, very I mean, obviously, yeah, it helps, but um, but you still have the physicality, the the little details that the makeup are not going to help you with. You you have to f mentally click in, but yeah, your clothes. As soon as you put your clothes on, it just helps, doesn't it? It does mm. help. Yeah, and as soon as you see the other, yeah, the glasses. His hair was always swept back, and as soon as you do that, something happens. And as soon as you work with the other actors as well, mm. it, it eases you in. Certainly clothes help. Hmm. Questions, guys? Okay, I've got one then. It's, it's interesting for this specific panel because you've all had a big impact on pop culture in your own way, but it's all in very different ways. So yeah. my, I was wondering if there's ever a moment where you're tired of being Nick or, or Boise and sometimes you just want to be yourself. And do you find those moments where, you know, you're... A, you don't want to be recognized and you don't want to be spoiled. I know that you come to an event like this for that very purpose. Yeah. But surely there's a random Sunday where you just want to have a cup of tea and not have someone come over and go, will you do the laugh for us? Or what was Farscape like? Or, you know, I mean, even the gentleman there, it's a very, very, very pop culture impact because he referred to you as Nick and it was so natural to him to say that. And that's, but that's a, you know, I've always thought of that as, a, as in a complimentary manner is that <laughs> you became that character to him. He sees you and he sees mm -hmm. that character, which, you know, is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a compliment in a way, I mm. suppose. Uh, there are times when you crave little anonymity. Of course. Yeah. I mean, particularly if you're in the supermarket, like yeah, everybody yeah. else, trying to find the Bisto, or whatever it is. Mm. Somebody comes up and says, what are you doing here? Mm. <laughs> um, I'm shopping. No, 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 no. No, no, do it in the voice, you know, and you go, oh, oh. That's that sort of time. Yeah. And, and of course, if you're, you know, you're out with friends or... Mm or even your wife, um, uh, having dinner and somebody lurches over slightly the worse for wear and says, oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, a nightmare. But, but, but it is, I mean, I find it quite complimentary. You know, people say, oh, you must get really fed up with this. But I mean, I should be so lucky to have uh, helped create something that means so much to people. Mm -hmm. yeah, and we so love our jobs. You can't you know, suddenly say, sorry, you can't have that anymore. Right. We, lo we love our jobs. Yeah. How mm. Our whole jobs are playing other people. Mm. If we wanted to play ourselves, we'd get another job. Right. But, mm. but yeah, of course, obviously, yeah. you know, we, we do, we are just human beings. And I'm people. Sure. Sorry. Well, well, maybe you might be a human being. I'd never, get, know, I'd I'd never get another job. But one part that annoys me is when someone really does intrude. Um, for me, sorry, this sounds awful, but when I'm in the toilet, oh, of course let me go to the toilet, please. Not you guys, but just let me go to the toilet. Because again, you're just humans, aren't you? You're just that's the one place that yeah. give me a break. Of course. I need to go no to the toilet. No selfies room. in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got male again, actors. I'm sorry. Male actors, they'll be doing their business. So I'm sorry, I'm going to be a bit rude again. And they often tell me in confidence, that a fan will come over and want to shake their hand while they're oh. peeing. Uh. And, and the naughty <laughs> actors will take their hand off their 
sausage and, and use that hand to, hi mate, how are you? But um, you do, yeah, it's, you know, one of the worst things what is... What sort of um, places are they going to? That's what <laughs> <laughs> that was last one, one of the things, you do, you kind of grin and bear at half the time because it, it annoys me when people say, why are you upset about this, about me trying to interview you when you're having a pee, when you chose this job? Oh so yes. this comes uh, with it. Yeah. This is part property. of the charity. We own you. And you go, well, what do you say to that? But, uh, and that's always awkward, that moment. But then there's another moment where you're doing your thing and you're having dinner with your loved one or you're um, going about your own business. And people as close to you as you are will stop and point and discuss with their friend. <gasps> Look, they, do, you know, do you know who that is? Look, that's that girl, that's that girl on, the, on the telly. She doesn't look as good in real life, does she? <laughs> she looks weird. She's like, she, she's not very good looking. She's older than I thought. And like, <laughs> you sitting there and you think, and I often, I'm a bit cheeky, I go, I can hear you. <laughs> I can see you. But it does get weird. So. Do you get confronted? No, uh, John, mm -hmm. you get, because of your character, do you get confronted by people? Oh yeah, I mean, hell of a lot. Yeah, hell of a lot. Wow. I was, I, was, I was saying earlier. I was going to say, have you ever had an old granny come up to you and start hitting you with a bag? <laughs> yeah, I, th I did happen once. Yeah, <laughs> that seems really cool. Yeah, got slugged by with, with, with a handbag. Um, but I don't know. It's funny with Nick. I, I thought it would be a lot worse than it was, and uh, I get a lot of people from like you know Afro Caribbean or. Asian people come up more than more than sort of white people, if you like. And I thought they'd, I thought they'd really hate him, you know, because like Nick's a drug dealing, murdering, um, racist, you know, whatever. But I don't know, maybe it's something that I do with with Nick that he has a little bit of a sparkle about him or something, you know. That that, that and I think uh, whether he like it or not, people in the sort of um, you know in the sort of other in the sort of minorities or ethnic groups in our country, they do feel kind of like outcasts sometimes, you know. Mm. That even in this day and age when it shouldn't be happening, but. Um, so I think I think Nick's sort of was always on the outside as well. Maybe they identify with that a bit. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but I, I don't know because he, he was never quite accepted, was he, in the community? Well, I understand why, but um, yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, or sometimes I play games, you know, like the things you were talking about. I, I, I really don't mind meeting people. I quite enjoy it, you know. Mm. You know I've got time. If I'm in a hurry, it's a bit of a drag. If I'm, I'm racing to get somewhere. To a plane. But um, <laughs> you know, sometimes somebody always, always somebody shouts like, "Oh, Nick! Oh, yeah, you You know, <laughs> and, so, and then they're shouting out of a window. So and I'm walking down the street. I, I can't, I'll know exactly where it's coming from, but I'll look up there. If I look up there, <laughs> yeah. over there, or down there. So I never actually look at them. They go, no, over here, over here. Well, I'll just carry on walking. Just, just, to, just to, they're irritating me, so I irritate them. Yeah. Have you had fans in the loo? I'd say, I know who you are. When uh, you're a couple of times, yeah. I think somebody did want to do a selfie in the loo once. You don't mind, do you? I think he'd had a few to drink, you know. People, people are worse when they've had a few drinks, actually. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't drink anymore, but I, you know, so I kind of avoid. Uh, Drunken places, you know, because people get worse when they've had a few. Uh, I don't know if you found. Yeah, they'll say, "Who do you think you they are?" Might, yeah, yeah, they might not say certain things or come yeah. up to you even if you're. I, and I think, I don't know. I, I, if I've ever seen anybody really well known, I, I kind of I'll just look at them. You know, I won't. If I, it's because I'm not in the business, I suppose. But yeah, you'll leave. But them I, I, t I, t I will, you know, some people they sort of embarrass themselves sometimes. But yeah, they the sort of engage brain before opening mouth sort of mm. thing, you know. I've had cars cruising by with people hanging out with a video camera. <laughs> 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 you know, they'll go up the road and come back, hey Nick, all right mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's dodgy video, me carrying my shopping home from Waitrose, you know. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's you have to deal with it. And I always say it's like if you if you're the like um, a local doctor or vicar or something, you have to. If you're in yeah. a queue at a supermarket. Same thing. Mm. But also, I also I I'm, I'm grateful that I wasn't in Holby City or or a casualty as, as a surgeon or doctor because I'd have people coming, you know, can I just show you my scar? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got this horrible yeah, yeah. scar, I think it's going a bit septic in the queue <laughs> yeah. at, at Marks and Spencer's. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor, I'm not really a doctor. You know, I met him, I was in the bill and people, he'd be like in between scenes, Mark Wingate. And he said, people, people come up sometimes, someone's just burgled my house, can you come, can you come and sort it all out? So I'm, I'm an actor, I'm just assuming the scene here, you know. So it, real life getting mixed up with, with, yeah. with, with, with fiction, you know. Yeah. Yeah, many many stories of that. Many stories of that. But it, it, uh, generally, it's all right. I think I think just generally, people. I like to, I like to think that's still in this world. A lot of people causing a lot of trouble in this world, but not mm. the m most people are okay. I it's reckon. It's sweet. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think you know. Nice. I, I'll say a whole a whole group, a whole theatre full of people. There's always a couple of nutters, aren't there? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but they're usually in the minority. And I think that's the same with people on the on the street. You know, people want to be friendly. They want to be pleasant. They don't want to grow. You know, it's true. I'll make a statement. I remember. Um, Rather, <coughs> a posh lady came up and said, I gather, she said, you're some sort of television personality. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, what, uh, yes, I'm sorry. I said, well, I'm here to tell you, she said. I never watched television. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Why does she bother? Yeah. Well, yeah. All you have to do is just, just walk away. Just to put you down. Yeah, yeah exactly. Down. Yeah. So there is that aspect too, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, any uh, any other questions, guys? You go ahead, and then I'll wrap up with a final one, and then we'll let you guys head back down to the yeah. table. Mm. Okay, thank you so yeah. much for doing this, by the way. Great pleasure. 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 Go ahead, and then I'll finalise it. One thing you've got in common on your CVs is some soap opera work. I believe, John, you've done something there. And uh, you've done some uh, Coronation Street, I believe, and oh, uh, yes. Neighbours. I was yeah. just wondering what it was like to, to work in soap opera. Uh, brief each. Well, I. Uh, Yes, I was in Coronation Street uh, again a hundred years ago, and uh, <laughs> oh, talking about sort of public perception, um, I played a policeman. Um, Len Fairclough was accused of murdering his fancy woman, Ooh. and uh, get oh. that, will you? Slab it's probably my agent. Slab <laughs> And um, it was giving Lynn Fairclough a really hard time. And it wasn't him at all, it was somebody completely different. He's just organised someone to do that. Yeah. 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 And uh, doing something else some weeks later, and the episode had gone out. And I was, um, I was just in a shop somewhere, and uh, there was a little old lady sitting by the counter. She gave me a bit of a look as I came in, you know, that sort of, <laughs> that sort of look. And uh, I was going out, and she hit me across the behind with uh, her parasol, a little umbrella. Oh. I turned around and said, what are you doing that for? She said, don't you be so nasty to our Len, neither. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so it was the cute. first time I thought, oh, well, she actually thinks I'm that policeman, you know. <laughs> and by the way, uh, in Australia on sets, I don't know if I wanted to ask you two if there's something uh, like this in England, but if a phone goes off on set while you're recording, the whole of the crew and cast scream, slab! <laughs> and a slab is a, a, like a, a platform of beer, and it has... Uh, it's covered in plastic and it has it's 24 cans, I think, or it's 36. You have to buy one. Yeah, and uh, it's covered in plastic <laughs> and it's it's in a, on a cardboard slab. slab. And they have to buy them. 
Oh uh, yeah, and if you have you to buy. Yeah. yeah, if your phone goes off, you have to buy oh, a slap for everyone. Slap, on John. I'm just turning this off. What happens on sets in England if your phone goes off, or in the UK? You get sacked. You get sacked. Yeah. P45. Yeah. 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 Written out immediately. Yeah. 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 So With soaps, you know, you can be written out at any moment. Yeah. I remember the late Gretchen Franklin, who played Ethel, bless her. She uh, she left Crossroads. Her, her last line was, "Either that painting on the wall goes, or I go." Oh no. And uh, yeah, she said, "Well, I'm not going to take it down." She right, I'm off then. She went, walked through this door, and that was her last episode, last episode in Crossroads. No. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the, what the story behind it all was. But Soapy, Soapy's a good training. That's what I have to say about yeah, Soapy. They're brilliant training. They you, are. You learn Especially for young actors, yeah, 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 yeah. And the memorising, too. Mm. Yeah. It's a terrific pressure, though. Oh, it is. Total. Takes your life. I home. was in uh, mm. Family Affairs, which is, oh, again, some mm. time ago. And I s that's when I first saw the real pressure they were under. I mean, that was really fast, wasn't it, that one? So, and they absolutely had no time for any social life at all. Really. Um, so it looks like a great job to have, but I mean, it, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, mm. huge. And your memory gets better the more you do it. The mo when you do it, especially if you're doing soapies, mm. you've got a gazillion pages of dialogue to, to memorise every day. Um, the more and more and more you do it, the better and better and better and better you get, and faster and faster and faster. The worst is if you have some time off, and you haven't had to memorise anything, and then you have to go back in. It's really hard. Mm. Mm. It's really hard. So as a, a final thought, then, unless anyone know questions, as a final thought, then obviously what I wanted to ask about was <coughs> any moments that your characters have played that you feel were very impactful. So like a, you know, you read a piece of a script and you thought. Wow, we're really, you know, we're really telling a great story here today. Because for yourself, I mentioned that I, I grew up watching Old New Fools. Even today, I cannot watch the scene where Del Boy and Rodney walk into the pub after winning the lot or after winning the money. Yeah. And Boise stands up, and I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it. Boise stands up and applauds them. Yeah. And for me, for him to be the one to do that was such a big moment yeah, because yeah. obviously he was always secretly probably not wanting Del Boy to make it reluctantly. Right, but the yeah. moment even now. Goosebumps, no word of a lie. As he stands up and applauds them, yeah. it's such a moment of him saying, "You did it, Del." Yeah. So, yeah. has there been a moment where you read a script in that series and thought, "This is a really great moment in the in the character's life"? Uh, yeah. Well, the one one that springs to mind is when uh, <laughs> when he found out what his name, what his what his uh, first name was, yeah. and the séance scene in uh, Sickness and Wealth, I think. Yes. And uh, the medium had said, "Is there a message from someone called Audrey?" Mm -hmm. No. A message for someone called Aubrey, <laughs> <laughs> and all the we're all sitting around, you know, like this with our fingers together on the sales table, and they're all looking at each other, going. It's a long pause, and the camera comes round to a Boise at the end, and he just goes, "I am here." To me, just sort of. <laughs> just brilliant writing mm, and, yeah. uh, and the shooting of the scene was was just perfect. It was just a just an ace moment. I think. Uh, how much how much wonderful comes from the script because it's so naturally delivered. I don't know if you guys agree. Mm. It's like the characters to me. It's like they're real. They live and breathe. Their, their interactions. So is it all scripted? Is some of that improv between the cast members? No, no. There's I mean, there's quite a lot of work goes on rehearsal for finding out how to do it. You yeah, know, we touched course. on this earlier. You read it off the page yeah. and it jumps out and it makes you laugh. It always did. Yeah. That. Uh, 
and the, the, those particular scripts. But how, and then you read through it, and you laugh even more because you've got all the characters around interpreting those lines. So, and then you've got to get up and do it. And it's just the most extraordinary thing because you get on the set and you have to walk through a door and go into, into the pub and sit down. You think, and suddenly it becomes quite difficult because you've got to find out where the cameras are, who else is in the shot, so you've got to do it in a certain way. Yeah. And you find yourself thinking, how do I open a door and walk across the room? Yeah. <laughs> Which is something we do every day of our lives. Yeah. And yet you've got to do it with this technical yeah. antenna, you know. And, and that takes a bit of sorting out. And then how do you how do you do this joke? Everybody knows it's funny, but how do you put it on the screen so the audience sees as, mm -hmm. as you see it? Yeah. That's that's where the work is. And it, and uh, it's quite hard work comedy. You know. God, it's interesting to hear other actors' perspective on this. It's, yeah. it's as fascinating for me as it is for you. I'm hoping it's fascinating for you. Mm -hmm. um, what about you for, a, for an impact, like a moment where one of your characters had a, had a big moment or a big scene that you felt and that you, you, know, you enjoyed? I can't think of any specific, but um, with her, I was thinking about um, the differences, you know, between having rehearsals and, and not. Do you know I've never ever had a job where we've had rehearsals. I wouldn't even know what to do at a rehearsal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, apart from a million years ago, you know, maybe doing some training, but not um, actually <coughs> for a job. I'm jealous. I'm so jealous. It's unbelievable. But. With um, really fast, crazy, crazy fast Aussie TV, mm -hmm. um, you just wing it. Yeah. And if it's not right, the, the director, it's up to, to the director on yeah. the floor at again. the time. Yeah. Do it yeah, again. Yeah. And if he wants something else from you, he'll say, think about doing whatever it is, or he'll just drop. Some of them are so cryptic. Like uh, you were talking about stillness before, I remember. Sorry, I'm not answering your question, no, but it just reminded me of, of something. And I was having difficulty with the scene, and I said to the director, oh, I'm just so lost, I don't know what to do with this scene. And so he came over and just looked at me and went, Stillness is your friend. Turned around and walked away. What the? <laughs> 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 what, does that, what does that mean? Yeah. But then it took me a minute, and I thought, ah, yeah. I know exactly now what to do. Oh, brilliant. Oh, I love it. But. Um, as, as far as uh, soapies and, um, and, no, what was the question? Oh, impactful. Yeah, of course, yeah, sure. Um, I just think, uh, I, I can't think of any, just off the top of my head, sure. I'll think of something later, but uh, uh, off the top of my head, I think just generally speaking, getting a script that says, for the fast scope, Zan Craze, Zan Heels, Zan Chance. Yes. And not knowing what the hell to do with that. Yes. And not even knowing what kind of a priest she is. The moment that I decided that, that I played around, I asked obviously if I could have them, you know, do you, what, what do you want me to be? And nobody knew, and everyone said, oh, we're, we're in a hurry, just think of something, and then we'll tell you on the day whether we think it works or not. So I thought of something, and um, the moment that I presented my idea to them, they all said, oh, that's it. That was my moment. Mm. And for you, I mean, you, you, if I may, you played rather a dirtbag, so mm. that must have been a lot of fun <laughs> for you to read that and go, look what I get to do tomorrow. I get mm. to murder someone, or I get to, you know, because <laughs> I, I can't say it any other way than you played a real dirtbag, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so much that Nick Cotton did. I, I suppose from the, um, the, the viewing um, 
public's point of view, I think probably the heroin addiction was good mm. for me as an actor. And also, I got a lot of positive feedback from young people saying, having seen Nick Cotton on heroin, we're never going to touch it, you know, good. which no, is great. Yeah. We're getting a letter from someone in Bristol, actually, in particular. And uh, mm. so, and they let me go as far as I could back then, back in, that was in the 19, uh, early 90s, well, late 80s, yeah. And, um, you know, they, they, they showed me getting all the gear out, but they, I mean, we weren't allowed to show the needle going in, obviously, or anything like that. But it showed, I also had somebody come in and we did some research. He was, he was a drummer, and, he, and he, he told me the whole story of how he kicked it. He used alcohol at first, and then he went on a, on a trip, and so he, he, he managed to stop taking the heroin through, through drinking, and it was really, really hard. Mm. I mean, your body's wrapped with pain, you know, you can't sleep. You can't get comfortable. You want to put your legs up the wall. I mean, I, I tried to incorporate all that—the horror of when, when you when you actually mm -hmm. come off it. Of course, when he came out in, onto the street, someone gave him a bottle of methadone. It was not, not, not what he wanted, really. And he took that. He put it in his suitcase to take on on a cruise. And the case got lost. So when he <gasps> eventually got the, the suitcase, it was all smashed up and soaked into it, all his clothing and everything. So he didn't have any. Once again, he was, as yeah. fate would have it, yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't have any, and he couldn't get any on the cruise either, so he'd start the day with a stiff drink again, but he managed to kick it, you know, kick, yeah. kick the heroin, I think he'd even worse kick the booze thing as well, so. So yeah, I think from the point of view that it did, if, even if it affected six people who decided not to touch it or take it. Mm. Even uh, one. We, we, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, it was good. And occasionally the BBC do do that sort of thing, you know. Mm. So, and also from an acting point of view, it was good for me. It, it was really quite, I mean, I grew my hair long, I felt disgusting, you know. One time they wouldn't allow me into the BBC because of the way I looked. And <laughs> Nick was being down and out and on yeah. smack and on the streets. He looked, he looked so vile. This uh, security man said to the, to the runner on, on, on the, on the programme, well, you can come in, but he's staying outside. So, oh, you realise who it is? Let's <laughs> 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 make a phone call to the office to get me into the BBC oh, no. centre. Yeah, so. Okay. I, 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 we were filming in Hammersmith one time and I went as Nick. Up to people before we started filming, I was like, just just to get into character. Like we talked about getting into character, just and, and ask them for money. You know, because he gives a couple of quid, darling. You know, mm -hmm. from, you know, people people hurrying to work in the Hammersmith underpass. I don't think I got any money, but and they, they nobody said anything to me. But it kind of got me into the feel of Nick being down and out on the streets. Yeah, yeah, so good. that was yeah, amongst many over yeah. the thirty years of being on that program, in and on and off. That was probably and even one, just one of the what best. you're doing, I was watching you. And every time you, when you're talking to everybody, every time you're kind of clicking into Nick, you'd flip your collar up. Mm -hmm. And that's so maybe, that's, oh, yeah, maybe yeah. that's yeah. a little, little yeah, yeah. cue. I'm being Nick now. Yeah, yeah, yeah it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was really it's interesting. Original coat here, folks, yeah. 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 Well, for me, it's been a pleasure speaking with you guys and, and listening to you tell great stories. I'm sure it has for you guys as well. Don't forget, they are downstairs for the, for the rest of the time here. So say hello, have a picture. You know, grab a picture, grab an autograph, say hello. They're all very friendly, I Thank assure you. you. And there will be photo opportunities later today. Check out the schedules up. But please say hello to them all and thank them for joining us. Great conversation. And it was the one where I embarrassed myself to Boise. But, you know, I thought from the look on his face, he appreciated the story uh, because it was, you know, a genuinely honest story. Yeah, it was great, and and I I also love the fact that uh, when I uh, when he threw to me for a question, Virginia Hay actually stopped, just looked at me, and go, 
That's a really great question. So that was just my weekend maid. And uh, how lovely did she look, by the way? Yeah, it was. She she just had that aura of her, didn't she? Um, you know, just very friendly and beautiful. And it was it was so cool to hang out with her and meet her. It took her until the panel to realize that I was the one she had done the podcast with. Um, yes. But I thought that was funny too because you know a, a long running line in this in my podcast is you know the the uh, the definitely tongue in cheek thing that the host of this show thinks he's the man and that he's a legend so i think it's funny that you know she was like oh that was you you know a day after meeting me i I like that that's funny i like when i you know anyway i always ramble on this thing because it's my show and i have a microphone and if i want to ramble i'll ramble do it sir (laughs) no i'm sure people are like fast forwarding through well that's our wrap-up for geek fest uh it was great obviously to to be there and to meet everybody thanks to you again for recording all the clips uh and uh, i look forward to kind of sitting down and listening to them all in you know one solid run as it were um so the gallifrey stands podcast is yours sir Uh, let's let's take a brief uh moment fill us in on that what's coming up on that in the future you know uh you know what 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 can people look forward to what should they go back and listen to on gallifrey stands as well well there's uh, some fantastic interviews with not only uh a lot of the guys who were there that weekend i've actually spoken to previously so you can go back and hear some more long-form interviews i did with some of them and uh, there's also, uh, I'm trying to remember now, we've got a couple of the doctors have been on. We've had uh, Peter Davison quite recently with uh, Sarah Sutton, his companion Nissa. Uh, and there's also uh, Sylvester McCoy, who was on with Sophie Aldred, who played Ace. Uh, so those are always fantastic. Obviously, to get a doctor on a Doctor Who podcast is kind of your goal. Of uh, but there's also some loads of other people who've done, like Ross Mullen, who, who couldn't make it in the end to GeekFest. Um he, yeah, I've spoken to him with an hour, as I believe you have on this show, and loads of other just fantastic people. Um, so please check it out. Uh, we've also got coming up next week or last week, depending on when this comes out. Yeah, we've uh, got a chat with a guy who did this uh, a production called Cops and Monsters, which had Sarah Louise Madison, who was there at Geek Fest, and uh, uh, Caitlin Blackwood, who played young Amelia Pond, are both in that production. So that was really nice, and it's kind of nice to do some expanded universe kind of stuff as well. So um, please check it out. Thank you very much for for allowing me to plug. Absolutely. Hey, no problem. I know that there are nerds listening to this show, and I obviously always mean the word in a loving term, and I know they're listening, and I know they love Doctor Who, so I know they're going to jump over and listen to you as well. And that's the best part of meeting other podcasters is, you know, we get to sort of cross-contaminate each other's audiences. So, you know, if people can get through the obnoxious Canadian, they might find some things that they'll like and get geeked who knows and so, go over to the obnoxious brit instead exactly there we go because if we weren't obnoxious we would not be podcasters is how i feel about it anyway definitely true <laughs> or but, narcissistic or many other things exactly exactly because you know not only do we have the technology to record it we also think that our opinions are important enough to record and put them out there to the masses exactly well that's speaking for me anyway hey it's been an absolute pleasure uh to have you on the podcast as i said before it was really really nice to meet you as well you and your family Uh, it was a great time hopefully we get to do it again sometime but we should certainly certainly podcast again sometime because this has been a lot of fun yeah definitely sir i'd love it great so as i said check out gallifrey stands podcast check out legend in my spare time that's my other show not for the faint of heart of course and uh check out geekfest.com i say just keep hitting the website i know it just happened but this podcast will be up forever so this could be january february march it could be in the build-up to geekfest 2016 and a nice little announcement i'd like to make on the end of this uh, i did mention earlier uh that um i had uh we'd gone my wife and i went for a drink with uh, mr james con and, and his lovely wife uh and anyway the long and the short of it 
was. I asked him once he was home if he would like to jump on for a sit-down conversation for Get Geeked, and he said he would absolutely love to. So coming up very soon in the future, we're going to have Mr. James Kahn as well. And uh, I got to tell you, unbelievably interesting life this man has had. Uh, maybe jump on his wiki and just have a look because... Wow. And some of the stories he told me were just great. Very friendly people. I cannot wait to sit down and, and have a conversation with him on Get Geeked coming up in the very near future. Oh, I look forward to that one, definitely. All right. So thank you very much again, Dr. Squee, for being here and to uh, Dottie there for, for also being here. Hopefully we're not disturbing. Yeah, yeah. She says thank you between the snores. Yeah, this always reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you're a, Kevin, a big Kevin Smith fan, Mallrats. Uh, Love him. If you listen to the commentary track of Mallrats, Jason Mewes is allegedly stoned uh, and falls asleep under the table. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they, they put the mic under to him and they hear him snoring under the table on the commentary. That's what that reminded me of. So that's that's wonderful. She's welcome anytime. It's a she, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and as we spoke the other day, I believe, um, you know, I'm soon to be, um, I'm just going to say I'm soon to be appearing in a film with Kevin Smith. Oh, yes, as am I, sir. We haven't made that announcement yes. yet officially, but you know what I'm going to do? Because I love to blue ball my audience. So I'm just going to leave that hanging. Cool. And just let him. Yeah, we're, we're, we're just in a film with Kevin Smith. That's all yeah. anyone needs to know. That's and right. We'll just leave it there. Dr. Squee, Matt Lees, and Kevin Smith. That's all you need to know. It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. more on that very soon. Uh, thank you very much. And thank you, as always, to our sponsors, Sin City Comics, right here in Cumbrand, South Wales. Check them out. Great selection of pops and comics and all that sort of stuff. And if you're lucky, you may go in there when Shane's in the middle of a rage. And that's always fun to watch. Absolutely. <laughs> delightful to watch my name is matt lees he is dr squee please check out the gallifrey stands podcast but for now please get off of my podcast ladies and gentlemen (laughs) 